The Mystical City of God, The Incarnation, Book 3, Chapter 18. The Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda, describes how the Blessed Virgin Mary arranged the order of her daily exercises in the house of Zachariah, and some incidents in her intercourse with Saint Elizabeth. 231. When the precursor John had been sanctified and Saint Elizabeth his mother, had been endowed with such great gifts and blessings, and when thus the principal object of Mary's visit was fulfilled, the great queen proceeded to arrange her daily life in the house of Zachariah. For her occupations could not be uniformly the same as those she was accustomed to in her own house. In order to direct her desire by the guidance of the Holy Ghost she retired and placed herself in the presence of the Most High, asking him as usual to guide her and direct her in that which she was to do during her stay in the house of his servants Elizabeth and Zachariah, so that she might in all things be pleasing to him and fulfill entirely his pleasure. The Lord heard her petition and answered her saying, My spouse and my dove, I will direct all your actions and I will direct your footsteps in the fulfillment of my service and pleasure and I will make known to you the day on which I wish you to return to your home. In the meanwhile remain in the house of my servant Elizabeth and converse with her. As for the rest, continue your exercises and prayers, especially for the salvation of men, and pray also that I withhold my justice in dealing with their incessant offenses against my bounty. Conjointly with your prayers you shall offer to me the Lamb without spot, 1 Peter chapter 1 19, which you bear in your womb and which takes away the sins of the world, John chapter 1 29. Let these now be thy occupations. 232. In conformity with this instruction and new mandate of the Most High, the Princess of Heaven ordered all her occupations in the house of her cousin Elizabeth. She rose up at midnight in accordance with her former custom, spending the hours in the continued contemplation of the divine mysteries and giving to waking and sleep the time, which most perfectly and exactly agreed with the natural state and conditions of her body. In labor and repose she continued to receive new favors, illuminations, exaltation and caresses of the Lord. During these three months she had many visions of the divinity, mostly abstractive in kind. More frequent still were the visions of the most holy humanity of the Word and its hypostatic union, for her virginal womb, in which she bore him, served her as her continual altar and sanctuary. She beheld the daily growth of that sacred body. By this experience and by the sacraments, which every day were made manifest to her in the boundless field to the divine power and essence, the spirit of this exalted lady expanded to vast proportions. Many times would she have been consumed and have died by the violence of her affections, if she had not been strengthened by the power of the Lord. To these occupations which were concealed from all, she added those which the service and consolation of her cousin Elizabeth demanded, although she did not apply one moment more to them than charity required. These fulfilled, she turned immediately to her solitude and recollection where she could pour out the more freely her spirit before the Lord. 233. Not less solicitous was she to occupy herself interiorly, while she was engaged for many hours in manual occupations, 
And in all this the precursor was so fortunate that the great queen, with her own hands, sewed and prepared the swaddling clothes and coverlets in which he was to be wrapped and reared. For his mother Elizabeth, in her maternal solicitude and attention, had secured for St. John this good fortune humbly asking this favor of the heavenly queen. Mary with incredible love and subjection complied with her request in order to exercise herself in obedience to her cousin, whom she wished to serve as the lowest handmaid, for in humility and obedience most holy Mary always surpassed all men. Although St. Elizabeth sought to anticipate her in much that belonged to her service, yet in her rare prudence and wisdom, Mary knew how to forestall her cousin always gaining the triumph of humility. 234. In this regard a great and sweet competition arose between the two cousins, which was very pleasing to the Most High and wonderful in the sight of the angels. For Saint Elizabeth was very solicitous and attentive in serving Our Lady and Great Queen, and in commanding also the same service to be rendered her by all the inmates of the house. But she who is the teacher of virtues, Most Holy Mary, being still more attentive and eager to serve, met and diverted the anxieties of her cousin saying, My dear cousin, I find my consolation in being commanded and in obeying during all my life, it is not good that your love should deprive me of the comfort I feel therein, since I am the younger one, it is proper that I serve not only you as my mother, but all in your house. Deal with me as with your servant as long as I am in your company. St. Elizabeth answered, My beloved lady, it beseems much more that I obey you and that you command and direct me in all things, and this I ask of you with greater justice. For if you the mistress, wish to exercise humility, I on my part owe worship and reverence to my God and Lord whom you bear in your virginal womb, and I know that your dignity is worthy of all honor and reverence. And the most prudent virgin replied, My son and Lord did not choose me for his mother, in order that I receive reverence as mistress, for his kingdom is not of this world, John 18.36, nor did he come into it in order to be served, but to serve, Matthew 20.28, 20, and to suffer, and to teach obedience and humility to mortals, Matthew 11.29, condemning arrogance and pride. Since therefore His Majesty teaches me this and the Highest calls Himself the humiliation of men, Psalm 21-22, how can I, who am His slave and do not merit the company of creatures, consent that you serve me, you who are formed according to His image and likeness? Genesis 1-27 235. Saint Elizabeth still insisted and said, My mistress and protectress, this is true for those who do not know the sacrament which is enclosed in you. But I, who have without merit been informed by the Lord, will be very blamable in his eyes if I do not give him, in you, the veneration which is due to him as God, and to you as his mother. For it is just that I serve both, as a slave serves his masters. To this the Most Holy Mary answered, My dear sister, this reverence which you owe and desire to give, is due to the Lord whom I bear within my womb, for he is the true and highest good and our Redeemer. 
but as far as I am concerned, who am a mere creature and among creatures only a poor worm, look upon me as I am in myself, although you should adore the Creator, who chose my poor self as his dwelling. By his divine enlightenment you shall give unto God, what is due to him, and allow me to perform that which pertains to me, namely to serve and to be below all. This I ask of you for my consolation and in the name of the Lord, whom I bear within me. 236. In such blessed and happy contentions most holy Mary and her cousin Elizabeth passed some of their time. But the divine prudence of our Queen caused in her such an alertness and ingenuity in matters concerning humility and obedience, that she never failed to find means and ways of obeying and of being commanded. However, during all the time in which she stayed with St. Elizabeth, all this was done in such a way that both according to their condition treated with the highest respect the sacrament of the King which had been entrusted to their knowledge, and which was deposited in the Most Holy Mary. This high respect in Mary was such that befitted the mother and the mistress of all virtue and grace, and in Elizabeth, such as was worthy of the prudent matron, so highly enlightened by the Holy Spirit. By this light she wisely directed her behavior in regard to the mother of God, yielding to her wishes and obeying her in whatever she could, and at the same time reverencing her dignity, and in it, her Creator. In her inmost heart she made the intention that if she were obliged to give any command to the Mother of God, she would do it only in order to obey and satisfy her wishes, and whenever she did it, she asked permission and pardon of the Lord, at the same time never ordering anything by direct command, but always by request. And she would use greater earnestness only in such things as were conducive to Mary's convenience, like for instance, that she take some sleep or nourishment. She also asked Mary to make a few articles for her with her own hands, Mary complied, but St. Elizabeth never made use of them, except to preserve them with the greatest veneration. 237. In this way Most Holy Mary put into practice the doctrine of the Eternal Word who humiliated Himself so far that, being the form of the Eternal Father, the figure of His substance, true God of the true God, he nevertheless assumed the form and condition of a servant, Hebrews 1 3 and Philippians 2 6 7. This lady was the mother of God, queen of all creation, superior in excellence and dignity to all creatures, and yet she remained the humble servant of the least of them, and never would she accept homage and service as if due to her, nor did she ever exalt herself or fail to judge herself in the most humble manner. What shall we now say of our most execrable presumption and pride? Since full of the abomination of sin, we are so senseless as to claim for ourselves with dreadful insanity the homage and veneration of all the world. And if this is denied us, we quickly lose the little sense which our passions have left us. This whole heavenly history bears the stamp of humility, and is a condemnation of our pride. And since it is not my office to teach or correct, but to be taught and to be corrected, I beseech and pray all the faithful children of light to place this example before their eyes for our humiliation. 238. It would not have been difficult for the Lord to preserve His Most Holy Mother from such extreme lowliness and from the occasions in which she embraced it, He could have exalted her before creatures, 
ordaining that she be renowned, honored and respected by all. Just as he knew how to procure homage and renown for others as Aswaris did for Mardachius. Perhaps if this had been left to the judgment of men, they would have so managed that a woman more holy than all the hierarchies of heaven, and who bore in her womb the creator of the angels and of the heavens, should be surrounded by a continual guard of honor, withdrawn from the gaze of men and in receiving the homage of all the world. It would have seemed to them unworthy of her to engage in humble and servile occupations, or not to have all things done only at her command, or to refuse homage, or not to exercise fullest authority. So narrow is human wisdom, if that can be called wisdom which is so limited. But such fallacy cannot creep into the true science of the saints, which is communicated to them by the infinite wisdom of the Creator, and which esteems at their just weight and price these honors without confounding the values of the creatures. The Most High would have denied His beloved mother much and benefited her little, if He had deprived and withdrawn from her the occasion of exercising the profoundest humility and had instead exposed her to the exterior applause of men. It would also be a great loss to the world to be without this school of humility and this example for the humiliation and confusion of its pride. 239. From the time of her receiving the Lord as her guest in her house, though yet in the womb of the Virgin Mother, the Holy Elizabeth was much favored by God. By the continued conversation and the familiar intercourse with the Heavenly Queen, she grew in proportion in the knowledge and understanding of the mysteries of the Incarnation. This great matron advanced in all manner of sanctity, as one who draws it from its very fountain. A few times she merited to see Most Holy Mary during her prayers, ravished and raised from the ground and altogether filled with divine splendor and beauty, so that she could not have looked upon her face, nor remain alive in her presence if she had not been strengthened by divine power. On these occasions, and at others whenever she could be witness of them without attracting the attention of Most Holy Mary, she prostrated herself and knelt in her presence, and adored the incarnate word in the virginal temple of the Most Holy Mother. All the mysteries which became known to her by the divine light, and by the intercourse with the great queen, Saint Elizabeth sealed up in her bosom, being a most faithful depositary and prudent secretary of that which was confided to her. Only with her son John and with Zachariah, during the short time in which he lived after the birth of his son, Saint Elizabeth conversed to some extent concerning those sacraments which had become known to all. But in all this she acted as a courageous wise and very holy woman. The instruction which the Queen Most Holy Mary gave me. 240. My daughter, the favors of the Most High and the knowledge of His divine mysteries, in the attentive souls, engender a kind of love and esteem of humility, which raises them up with a strong and sweet force, like that which causes fire to ascend, like the gravity which causes a stone to fall, each of them striving to reach its own natural sphere. This is done by the true light, which places the creature in the possession of a clear knowledge of itself and attributes the graces to the proper source, whence all perfect things come, James 1.17, and thus it brings all things into correct balance. 
And this is the most proper order of right reason which overthrows and, as it were, exerts violence against the false presumption of mortals. On account of this presumption of pride the heart, wherein it lives, cannot strive after contempt, nor bear it, nor can it suffer a superior over itself, and is offended even at equals, it violently opposes all in order to place itself alone above all fellow creatures. But the humble heart is abased in proportion to the benefits it received, and in its interior quietly grows a desire or an ardent hunger for self-abasement, and for the last place, it is violently disturbed in not finding itself esteemed as the inferior of all and in being deprived of humiliation. 241. In me, my dearest, you will find exhibited the practical application of this doctrine, since none of the favors and blessings, which the right hand of the Most High lavished upon me, were insignificant. Yet never was my heart inflated with presumption above itself, Psalm 110.1, nor did it ever know anything else than to desire to be abased and occupy the last place among all creatures. The imitation of this I desire especially of you, let your ambition be to take the last place, to live in subjection to all others, abased and considered as useless, in the presence of the Lord and of men, you must judge yourself as less than the dust of the earth itself. You cannot deny, that in no generation has any one been more favored than you, and no one has merited these favors less than you. How then will you make any return for this great debt of gratitude if you do not humiliate yourself below all others and more than all the sons of Adam, and if you do not awaken within yourself exalted and loving sentiments concerning humility? It is good to obey the prelates and instructors, therefore do it always. But I desire that you go much farther, and that you obey the most insignificant of your fellow beings in all that is not sinful, and in such a way, as if you were obeying the highest of your superiors, and I desire that in this matter you be very earnest, as I was during my earthly life. 242. You must, however, be circumspect in regard to the obedience to your inferiors, so that they may not, knowing of your anxiousness to obey in all things, seek to induce you to obey in things unseemly and unbecoming. You can do much good by giving them the good and orderly example of obedience, without causing them to lose any of their subjection and without derogating from your authority as their superioress. If any disagreeable accident or injury should happen, which affects you alone, accept it gladly without so much as moving your lips in self-defense, or making any complaints. Whatever is an injury to God do reprehend without mixing up any of your own grievances with those of His Majesty, for you should never find any cause for self-defense, but always be ready to defend the honor of God. But neither in the one nor the other, allow yourself to be moved by disorderly anger and passion. I wish also, that you use great prudence in hiding and concealing the favors of the Lord, for the sacrament of the King is not to be lightly manifested, Tobit 12 7, 
nor are carnal men capable or worthy of the mysteries of the Holy Ghost, 1 Corinthians 2.14. In all things imitate and follow me, since you wish to be my beloved daughter, this you will attain by obeying me and you will induce the Almighty to strengthen and direct your footsteps for that which I desire to accomplish in you. Do not resist him, but dispose and prepare your heart sweetly and quickly to obey his light and grace. Let grace not be void in you, 2 Corinthians 6.1, but labor diligently and let your actions be performed in all perfection.